Hey world, welcome to the Sharice Nicole podcast. I created this space where I'll discuss life lessons, personal stories, observations, unsolicited advice, and ramblings that go on in my chattering mind. Every so often, I will pull in guests to provide different perspectives and discuss a range of topics from nutrition to travel and all things in between. So without further ado, let's get into it. So today's episode, I'm joined by a very special guest goes by the name of Delapo. He's one of my longtime friends from like over must be now 15 years since I've been out of high school, since we've been out of high school. Yeah, yeah girl is old. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so, <laughs> thank you you. so I decided to bring him on. We always have great conversations and, you know, I, just, I thought he'd be great for the podcast. I actually, fun fact, I was featured on his podcast earlier this year. Quarter Life Crisis podcast. So that was a lot of fun. And to be honest, you kind of gave me a little preview of what it was like to have a podcast. And I want to say that you inspired me to make this podcast. So thank you, Delapo. And thank you for being here. Well, you're welcome. I'll introduce myself. My name is Delapo. I love traveling, love learning about a lot of things, reading books, documentaries, just things that allow me to know more about the living world around us and even space. Just, I just want to learn. I just want to know as much as I can so that uh, when I go to a party, I, I have a little fun fact to spit someone, but really and truly it just makes me feel more connected to the people around me. Right. Mm. I meet someone from China, Africa. I mean, I'm, I'm African myself from Nigeria, um, born and raised and then moved here when I was 10, but meet someone from any part of the world from what I've read, what I've seen, what I know, my learning, I, you know, I can always have a conversation with them. So that's something I really love to do. You're a great conversationalist. So thank you yeah, again try, for being on. No, it's a, you're natural. Like when I was on the podcast earlier this year, it was literally, I kept saying to you, I'm like, you're good. You're a natural. It was just your energy and the way that you your charisma and the way you were able to like kind of make me feel like I was a part of your show. It was really nice. Yeah, you know what I so as Sheree said, I had this. Um, I have this podcast. I still have it. I've been on a hiatus since mid of the year. Um, started it with COVID going on or before COVID. So when I had this podcast and when we were filming a lot, having Sharice on it was was really was fun because she said we we're old friends, and, and for me talking, I know I talk a lot, and mm. <laughs> I want to make my guest feel extremely comfortable and by that with that I'll make a lot of jokes and since I was the host of the podcast I felt that it was easier for me to get away with making jokes on a podcast that I was the host of and having my guests feel extremely comfortable with that and Mm. again conversation always flows and I think my me being a natural conversationalist it didn't happen overnight you know I had to learn that through all the different trips I've taken all over the world and with family and friends, knowing different people from different backgrounds, knowing how to just gel, fit into a group whenever you need to. That mm-hmm. would, That's what allowed me to, and has allowed me to be a good conversationalist. Can we talk about that for a second? Because I feel like in um, a previous episode of mine, I actually, so I went, I broke down the 30 life lessons I learned 
as a 30 year old. And it was really a chance for me to reflect. And one of the lessons I learned was being out of my, like how to get out of your comfort zone. And I um, explained that one of the ways in which I did that is when I got my first ever job, retail job at American Apparel, because before that I worked at a call center. And before that I was in high school. And according to you, I was a mute in high school. You were, I thought you were mine. Oh my God. So I I didn't know how to talk to people, but getting in that retail job, I was so scared for like the first month. I didn't know how to approach people and be like, can I help you? Like I I had to learn how to talk on the job. And I want to say that that job really was like a big reason why I'm, I can communicate the way I do. And it was like, ever since that, it just kind of built on from there. And then I learned how to talk to strangers and I learned, you know, and then the next time I saw you a couple yeah. years down, you were like, oh my God, you're so different now. And I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, I've been. Honestly, I'll say this again. You, you grown, you grew. Like we were in French class together in grade nine. And I think even, I don't know if you did in 10, maybe 10 as well, but for sure grade nine. And you're in the corner. And I'm like, oh, this is a cute black girl. Like, oh, yeah, sure is. Okay, true. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we went to grade eight together. All right. Now, like, yo, Sharice, what's up? And he'd always be like, nothing. With a hood on, like talking to nobody, just being what? quiet. No, okay. I was not talking to nobody. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't murmuring to the wall, but you were just quiet. You know, French to say, Sharice, um, okay. Speak some French to you, and you're like, mm, no, 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 I'll pass. It's like, what? I was, so are you, I was shy. I was, oh, yeah, yo, yeah. you were so shy. So yes. throughout grade nine, you know, I'd always, and I'm the type of kid that like was always trying to be funny, um, not necessarily the class clown, but like, I, I think I was funny, and I'd always make sure to bother you or bother the you people did. that I found like I was close with, <laughs> but. They were just quiet. They were just awkward. So let me mm. bother them for my own enjoyment, which is a bit sadistic, but it was fun. <laughs> so um, from grade nine, grade 10, and I saw you, I think you left. Did you live in grade 12 or grade 11? You left our high school. You went to another high school. Yeah. So after grade 12, I, after grade 12, I did co-op for half a year. Yeah, you did. And so, I went to another high school. Yeah. Yeah. So getting to grade 12, you were less of a mime and you were a little, a little bit chatty like not even not even chatty i don't want to use that word chatty but you were you were able to say hi hello without turning around wow so when grade 12 happened and after you left you know people went to separate ways universities colleges people went straight to work and i hadn't seen you for i think it was a couple of years and then i, I one I of us reached out to each other no, I think you kept in touch, which is like, great. So thank you for that. So you kind of, you kept trying, you know, reach out and everything. And I don't know, maybe you invited me to parties and stuff. And- yeah, actually, it was one of my birthdays. It was okay. my, you, it was my, like the first birthday I threw in, I think it was sec- my second year or maybe third year university. Was that the hotel? That Yes, exactly. Yeah. 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 You came to the hotel. It was with Elizabeth as well. Mm-hmm. One of our other friends. And we went to this club called, called club Cube. called Trist. Oh, Cube. Trist. You're, you're at Trist as well. Okay, I can't remember. I remember. Either way, <laughs> we had a lot of parties, but um, yeah, you came out, and I was so surprised to see you out. I was like, "Really doing here? Okay, awesome, cool. Thank you for coming." And you know, it was a lot of it was a lot of fun. I was able to see that you stood outside of what I previously knew was your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Right, and then from there on, I was at Ryerson University downtown. I'd always be downtown, and you were at York at the time. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. And I think um, 
for some reason, somehow, way or another, we, in the year's future, I started working downtown and you were also working downtown. And then we started hanging out more and more and more. Mm-hmm. And from there, like the fun, wacky, <laughs> zany side of Cherise was, was out there. Just like, it oh was boring. God. It was exposed. Yeah, always, <laughs> always laughing, you know, really? always, um, always giggling. Still shy. Yeah. But like your typical laughter, of, you know, holding your hand in front of your face and like, <laughs> That's exactly um, what I saw. But that was the fun part. That was that was nice. It was nice to see you, one, come out of your shell, what I thought, you know, thought was a shell, and just be natural, be less shy and just. Mm-hmm. I had to have life experiences. I had to put myself in that position to grow the way I knew yeah. that I could. So that's what I did for myself. But like for you, how do you think you became that way? I know you said you like to meet a lot of people and stuff, but like. I don't know. I feel like for you, yeah. it was kind of always natural because you were even in high school. You spoke, <laughs> you talked a lot. So I'll, so I'll tell you this. When I was young, I was very shy. Like living in Nigeria, I was, I was pretty shy. Mm-hmm. And I remember as like three, four years old, my mom would be going to the market and I'd be crying. Like, and neighbors were like, why are you crying? Your mom is going to be back. You know, but I just wanted to, I was like a mama's boy. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I was forced, at least in Nigeria, like this is just part one of how I became more um, more talkative, but I was forced to one survive without my mother who was leaving. Like it wasn't anything crazy, but I had to yeah. learn how to not just depend on her all the time. Was one. Then in Nigeria, I don't want to speak for Africa in general, but just in Nigeria, I'm part of the Yoruba tribe. But within Nigeria, there's a whole sense of community, family. So you're you you are very comfortable around people you really you don't know people that speak your language make you really comfortable so mm-hmm. when i moved to canada and, and as i'm making friends in canada um people were nice to me right they're like oh is the like the, i don't have an accent anymore but it's like oh my god like the lap the, the lapo oh you have an accent where are you from and i tell them and they were intrigued and that in that intrigue made people you know close with me and close to mm-hmm. me and I was very comfortable around that. I was able to talk about Nigeria. I was able to talk about um, just my travels and all my, my family and stuff like that. So that made me comfortable around them. The one thing I'll tell you though, is when I am put in a situation where I know nobody, at least in, in the past, when I knew nobody from high school, going into university, I always in my head, always tried and tried and tried to, let my guard down because I know I gave a talk years ago about how I didn't trust people and my guard was always up and that didn't allow me to be comfortable around them. Mm-hmm. So when we were in high school around you and our other friends, I was comfortable because I'm like, okay, let me see how they are. And okay, I see who they are for who they are. They're my friends. Now I'm very comfortable around them. But if there's someone new and you know, I don't want to seem like the person that's always trying to make friends I'd, I'd be a bit just a little bit standoffish in my head nobody would, would recognize this but I'd always just do little things and or try to see the little things that the other person does to make me comfortable and make me share who I am with them and therefore become more friendly more talkative with them um, there was one situation where f- with with my spiritual practice you know, I travel to the United States and, you know, attend some conferences. And there was one occasion where I was in Minneapolis 
and my brother. And so let me just speak on my spiritual practice just for a little bit. Okay. <laughs> it's called Ekankar, E-C-K-A-N-K-A-R. And mm-hmm. it is for me a, a path, a more natural path to God realization. What that means is um, not having someone tell you what to do, what you're doing is right or what you're doing is wrong. It's for you to live life, whether you do something that's right or wrong, but living through that experience of what you've done through those choices. And in order to, in order to one, get rid of your karma, um, the bad karma at least, build good karma so that, you know, on the, the day you translate, um, you pass away, you are welcome to the kingdom, kingdom of heaven. So there's, you know, believing God and, and all that. It's just, for me, just something that gives me a more direct path to God versus having to speak with a, not to knock any other religion, but a pastor or an imam or someone else, just mm-hmm. being from the lap of God, that's it. So with Ekankar, with my spiritual practice, I'm in Minneapolis for um, uh, a seminar, a couple of seminar. And there were a lot people from all over the world, from the US, from Africa, from Asia, from um, England, from, you know, uh, South America. There's mm-hmm. so many people of my age, a bit older, younger, and you want to make all, all these friends, right? They're like, oh my God, they're the same people as me back at home. I don't have a lot of people that are like the same, you know, spiritual practice. Mm-hmm. But I was shy. I'm not going to lie to you. I was really shy about this. And it was in around high school times. And I saw my brother who's three years younger than me. So let's say I was 15 at the time, mm-hmm. grade 10. My brother was three years younger than me. So 12 years old. And he was making friends. Like I see him. Oh, I'm going over to this restaurant with these people. Like, they'll be going to come with us. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was just so mystified as to how he was able to make all these friends and how me, I'm normally talkative, but I can't break this barrier of saying hello to people. You know, I see people and I get, um, I, I, I just, I just get scared, I guess. And when I left my hotel room one day, I asked my brother, how, what, like, how do you, how are you so comfortable? And he's like, I don't know. Just, they're just like my friends. Like, you know, like we're all echists here. We're, we're the same religion. Like no judgment. We're all friends. Mm-hmm. And I said to myself, this day is the day that I'm going to break this wall and speak to people. I, I don't care if I am made fun of. I don't care if I feel shy. I don't care if it's the hardest thing I do. I have to do it. I have to do it. Mm-hmm. So, the first thing, as I left my hotel room, got down the elevator, walking towards the convention center, first person I saw with a little name tag, you know, the the um, lanyard, hey, how are you? I just started saying, hi, how are you to people on the road, on the way there? Mm-hmm. How are you doing? Oh my, hi, I'm from Toronto, out of, you know, from Nigeria, but really live in Toronto, all the way there. So by the time I got there, I was so comfortable. Mm-hmm. I got to one of the um, the, the classes, one of mm-hmm. the rooms, you know, from people my age and we're talking, I put my hand up to answer a question. I put my hand up to ask a question. I was sitting beside people. I said, hey, what are you guys doing afterwards? I really put my stuff out there and it was terrifying. But I knew that if I didn't do this, I would never grow. Yeah. So from there, from then on, I was able to learn that putting myself through hardships, whether it's a mental blockage or mental hardship, 
whether it's a physical hardship, whatever it is, you will always reap the benefits at the end of the day. And that's how I live my life now. Right. Mm. Yeah. Wow. That's, no, that's a great story. I didn't, I had no idea for you. It just, for anyways, my opinion, when I'd see you and how you interact and especially in, can we talk about when we'd party? Cause we did go to a lot of parties Yeah. and you always had this confidence, especially with girls, <laughs> parties. you know what I mean? And like, that's the thing because guys are so scared. Guys are scared. Uh, I was talking to my friend actually yesterday and she was like, guys feel more comfortable sliding your DMs online. Like they'd rather meet you in person to yeah. get your Instagram to then talk to you on Instagram. I find that so <laughs> weird. That is so weird. And when Instagram really came, one, I'm someone that I don't like. It's cool, but I'm not really a fan of using social media to have a conversation. It, to me, weird. it goes nowhere. You can never tell who someone really is. My humor can't shine online, right? There's a so, lot of miscommunication between um, lines. I remember there's one time I was at a party and this guy was like, so do you have Instagram? I'm like, uh, yeah, like mm-hmm. I have a whole phone, which comes with a phone number, but he instead asked for my Instagram. Yeah. And what did he do? He followed up, uh, liked my photos, DM'd me. I had to unfollow him a couple days later because I'm like, I'm not doing this. <laughs> yeah. You know what? They I think people fear people look for the Instagram one to look at pictures of the girl. You just want to say, okay, what does this girl look like? Is she any bikini pictures? Like, what do I like? Oh, do I like what I see? And then they go, okay, well, let me just start messaging this person online. And and I found that people don't like calling. They don't like calling. They don't like calling. They rather text. They rather just send messages. Do they not realize it's a two-step process for you for us to DM? Like, I have to open Instagram, then go to the messages instead yeah. of just getting a direct text or you just calling. Yeah, Why are you so, going to make me go through the loopholes? Like, I don't, I don't want to no, do it's, it's so weird. It's so confusing. So as a guy myself, you said I'm with the ladies. Yeah, with, with ladies. Um, like, you've always, like, I've seen that in you. And I'm like, how are you? How is it so easy for you? Because a lot of these guys, and especially really good looking guys, you wouldn't think they have any anxiety or fear. But yeah. they're the ones that will stare you down all night and not ever approach you. Yeah. And it's so, that fear of rejection in their head, I guess. I don't know. Let's say one thing here. She said really good looking guys will, will stare. Listen, guys, I'm fucking good looking. I'm I'm still good looking, eh? No, you guys like, can't. This is not video um, no, podcast. Yeah. It's like an audio, but yeah. Trust no, me. I don't have a face for radio. <laughs> I have a face for TV for the movies. <laughs> My smile, whoo! Um, yeah. so for okay, so this is what happens. So since that time in Minneapolis, where I um I broke that barrier of speaking to people, I just realized that okay, it'll hurt for the first two seconds that you're starting to talk to this person. Afterwards, it's smooth sailing. And I'll tell you one one thing as well. As I was growing up it, through, you know, university and end of high school, university. I see university mostly. I was watching a lot of pickup videos, a lot of videos, and reading mm. a lot of literature that was that were mainly based on speaking to girls, picking up girls. So, what type of escalation um, as you're talking to a girl? How to keep conversation going on how Damn. to not be not sound boring awkward or something how to not sound awkward um how to know when to be physical not in a creepy way but in a mm. good way how to know like, a, like a slight hand on her back type of yeah thing. a little slight hand okay. on the back no not to just get in the girl's space too quick oh give me a kid nah stop yeah, that yeah. 
you know, no, not to touch the girl's hair. That's too weird, bro. Don't do that. <laughs> and knowing to keep, maintain eye contact, but eye contact in a way that's also suggestive. Mm. So looking at you in your eye, not just open my eyes, you know, God staring at you, yeah. <laughs> eyes wide open, looking at, hey, yeah, I really like your, um, I, or, or would you like to travel? No, 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 no. Nah. That's so interesting. The right amount of eye contact, looking, smiling, looking away, looking back. Just look. It, it might sound corny to a lot of people, but honestly, it's guys need to watch these things or read it. Guys need to know not to just grab a girl by the arms. Hey, yo, hey, what's your name? Come here. Yeah. No, guys need to know that. Hey, excuse me. Saying, hey, excuse me, um, what's your name? Isn't corny, isn't we nah, it doesn't it's direct, ah, it's straightforward. It's and straightforward you know. is direct. Hey, hey, how are you? Hey, I I like your dress. Hey, hold on, hold on. Where'd you get this skirt? I'm a fashion, I'm a fashion, I don't know, blogger. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that's a lie. By the end of the day, it's funny. Right? It's humor funny helps. Funny guys helps. always get the number that's the humor that and that's the one thing i realized that it's the yep. humor speaking to a girl using humor is what allows me to be natural once you get someone laughing you'll realize or laughing at your jokes mm-hmm. you'll realize that like okay all right we're now having this conversation it's a back and forth thing let's see where this goes now versus being very stiff and saying hey um uh think of what to say next um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know yeah sure a company goes a long way um but you don't you can't say well not you can't but you should one guy shouldn't say hey i love your hair hey i love what you're wearing can i buy you a drink no it doesn't move like that mm-hmm. so learning throughout universities and <laughs> when you go out to bars start experimenting see what what you've seen online seeing okay where can i tailor this for myself hey how are you um and one being black going approaching any girl that's not black or even if they are black Hey, excuse me. Um, I'm not gonna bite you. Don't be scared. I'm not here to rob you. I just want to ask you one quick thing. Or hey, yo, hold on. That bag. Where'd you get that bag? I like that. Like that. I read that bag. I I like what you. I don't know. It's it just comes to my head. I think you should help these guys out. Well, actually, I guess it's null and void because it's uh it's a pandemic. But you know, I agree. No, there's some friends. No, there's some friends that um. When, whenever we do go out or when I'm just hanging out doing nothing, I'm having this conversation with a couple of friends. I'm like, hey, listen, you you got to move this way. And there are some friends that haven't had a girlfriend ever Aww. that are our age or that haven't really, like, you know, done stuff. Yeah. Um, gone on dates and stuff. Like, and it's not because they don't want to. Mm-hmm. Is because they don't know how to break that that Advice. barrier. Mm-hmm. They're scared of that rejection. They're okay, what of... about like online? Online Sorry? dating apps for them? No? Okay, so the online thing helps you a little bit. Mm-hmm. But again, as I've said, if you don't know how to be memorable online or memorable over text, how are you going to get the number? How are you going to get her to come and say, or him to come and say, you know what? Let me meet this person. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like now um, a lot of people, they get more, they get a grace period because no one's really rushing to, mm-hmm. you know, see you right now. So it's like they get 
a chance to kind of you know nurture the the connection before ever yeah. meeting in person so i feel like that would be better for them hopefully i don't know yeah so they do try like well with now they have to they have to go online um but even before before um the this entire thing going on like when we'd be out mm-hmm. i say hey this person we're at a club someone's dancing yo this girl's dancing nice oh, yeah but she doesn't be disturbed this is not the point of you disturbing her low tap how do you do that how do you do what you just did with your feet you gotta show me something because i'm pretty sure i can beat you in a dance but that move right there is uh yeah. getting me skeptical you know or yeah. and she's like, ah, ha, ha. no 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 i'm just doing this like if you give someone a compliment that you compliment their abilities and you don't just stop there and say oh i like how you dance you go show me how to do this that show me is you engaging with that person now mm-hmm. you have that physical touch. You're now you are allowed. If she says yes, you are allowed to say hold hands or hold shoulder, hold waist. If she says no, 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 I do, I don't really do this. I then, I mean, like I was about to battle you. I knew you couldn't handle this. You're gonna catch the smoke. All right, then you, no, you can. It's okay. You can walk away. I mean, I you lost anyways. Then it becomes a competition, and people love competition. I think it's a lot like, okay, what I'm gathering from here is it's all in your rebuttals. It's all in your replies yeah. that matter, like your creativity there, because it's easy to like have a liner and approach a girl with, but it's that when she responds, it's like, what are you going to, what are you going to say? What are you gonna say <laughs> and then also your, your de-escalation <laughs> skills yes. are also really good. I was going to ask you, but um, have you ever been rejected? Or if you are ever rejected, how do you handle that? Because there are a lot of guys who don't know how to handle that listen rejections like i love rejections i've been rejections and you're not gonna it's hard it's weird to hear a guy say that okay. i, I like, like hearing huh do you like a challenge or it's it's not that it's a challenge no i love rejections because it allows me to grow and to learn so if i say hi how are you i like your no no sorry i'm busy mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. i'm on the phone or something okay all right i said hi how are you but she was hmm. let me try that same line again three different times different different girls and it didn't work okay just saying hi how are you hmm let me pick out something that's interesting on what they're wearing hey um hold on the, the purple and the red why'd you choose that it might maybe that's too insulting. How are you gonna talk about some girls outfit? Okay, all right. Hold on. I'm a fashion designer. Okay. Hey, listen, I love the fit. You see the but I'm a fashion designer. Let me come here. Let, let's talk fashion. Yeah. And two lines into it, she knows you're not a fashion designer. And the conversation's already started. She's already laughing. All right. Or he's mm-hmm. already laughing. And you move. So with the rejection, you I've learned different techniques to uh I'll say this instead. Okay, I'll try this instead. I mean, luckily now I've got, I've had a girlfriend for a few years now, so I've never spoken mm-hmm. to, I haven't spoken to another girl in the same way that I had in the past. But mm-hmm. when I was single, I knew that, and especially in university, seeing the craziest things or seeing the 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 calmest things, the most boring things, where is the perfect middle ground? Rejections are needed for people to learn how to be better. Think about it. If you get every job that you apply to, then one day you don't get a job that you apply to you're it'll be devastating because you've always gotten a yes yep you never know you'll never know what to do to change your approach Mm -hmm. you know 
that's, that's with that life is, you know exactly it's with life it's a life lesson rejections are life lessons huh. so that's how i took them that's how i've taken them so i mean you get a lot of rejections you just gotta Sometimes. learn how to keep it moving like i think because I've, I've, I've had some horror stories with you know rejecting guys and i do so in the nicest most respectful way possible yes, of course do. but i've seen it i've seen you know, it you've seen it but like it yeah no i just remember this was like years ago over 10 years ago and this one guy like started hurling profanities at me another guy was like threatening me low-key threatening me and i'm like okay see this is why i don't like getting approached yeah because <laughs> like i don't know who i'm dealing with if you're gonna be have a psychotic episode or not yeah. like i don't know so it's very it's very um scary for for women sometimes I feel, out here honestly sharice i feel i feel bad for women that go through that or just women in general because the women have a lot to deal with on their plate already now for some guy that you're not interested in because you, you're just not it's not maybe the day you're just not mm-hmm. and for now him to now start throwing profanities because he has this ego and that's the exact this is the exact reason rejection is needed because once you're not once you don't get a rejection and or you never get rejected then the day you do get rejected you start throwing your toys out of the pram um and you start breaking things no be an adult you got rejected move on it's not that serious it, so you, it doesn't it, it didn't kill you it didn't right but it you said a, you said a good thing it hurt their ego <laughs> the ego. okay so let me let me jump back to rejection and with girls I, it's always funny i <laughs> so when i was in high school one of my my first girlfriend in high school i remember i was i really wanted to date this girl she was beautiful she's nigerian as well i was really hanging out with her and her friends a lot and i was being just not who i am i was really chasing more than anything mm. and i remember i was walking with her to a gas station to buy some snacks or something and she knew i liked her she knew i was trying to you know uh, date her but someone said to us someone's walking from the gas station saying oh yo the lap one so-and-so yeah y'all dating are you guys dating and her words to that person, when I was there, was, you know, I will never date him. The day she said that to me, I didn't cry. I didn't get angry. I was like, oh, okay. What, yeah. have, what have I been doing? I've been hanging out with this girl for the past few months, trying to get her to like me. And she just said, I am never going to date this guy. <laughs> okay. I'm just moving dumb. All right, then. We can still be friends. I didn't say this at the time, but after everything, I... I decided to just pull back because mm-hmm. I was obviously not what I was doing wasn't wasn't the right thing. So that was the rejection there. And that was probably a blessing there. Mm-hmm. A few months later, near the end of the year, really, I you know, because I stopped hanging out with her and stopped really being around her, she came to me one day by my locker, or I walked into you know, jump bumped her in the hallway. And she said, Oh, the lock I haven't seen in a while. Like, what's what's up with you? Like you're doing track, you're not. Like, yeah, I'm just doing soccer now. Like, oh, what, what's been up with you recently? Mm-hmm. And in my head, I was like, why is this girl talking to me now? She said mm-hmm. she'd never date me. Why? What's happening? I can tell that she wants to get more, mm-hmm. wants to, you know, get to know me more. So I said, oh, yeah, I'm just going to my locker now. I'm doing this or whatever. I'm about to go home. And she asked me if she, if she could come to my locker with me. And, you know, in high school, going to someone's locker was like, it's a, it's a big thing. You know, going to the girl's locker, you're mm-hmm. hanging out. And she asked me to come she, she, if she could come to my locker. Honestly, I was surprised. I was jubilating. I was like, I was so happy inside mm-hmm. because well, this is who I wanted to date. And 
because I pulled away, since with that rejection, I pulled away. She came back later on. Hmm. Again, life doesn't always work like that. But when it does, it feels like a better feeling. Yeah, I think that way, too, because like I have a lot of things I want to accomplish, of course. And every day I feel like I'm on a hamster wheel trying to make it happen. But then I remember things that I read about where it's like force pushes things away. When you relax and let it go and let it flow, it'll come. But I can't be like thinking all day, every day about that one thing and like striving for it all the time because that's just going to repel whatever's meant for me. Exactly. Exactly. So like falling back and. And yeah, just like letting things come. <laughs> no, that's true. Always well, yes, exactly. Exactly. So that's that's how I've always lived my life, even now. Right. There's some things obviously that I'll fight for, but um if something doesn't happen for me, I'm okay with it. Water under the bridge. I feel like I've been someone who has dealt with anxiety a lot this year, but it's because I put a lot of pressure on myself to do things, get things done. And if I feel like I didn't hit my mark or target for the day or whatever, I I feel like, oh my gosh, everything's crumbling. But I have to remember that it's okay. Things got done. Even if it's like 1%, something is happening, something's changing. So that keeps me level-headed because- No, that's good. You know. (laughs) And anxiety is a huge thing. It's huge. and it's the fear. I think it's the fear of the unknown that causes the anxiety, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. It's, it's the what if, what if, what if this doesn't happen for me? What if this doesn't happen for me? And it's usually the negative side of things that cause that anxiety. Imagine if you could always think positively. The what ifs are always positive. Mm-hmm. Oh, what if I walk down the road and someone stops and says, Give me $20. <laughs> $20. Or I walk into this building and the owner is there and says, hey, you know what? I'd like to write you into my will and this what if the great great things in life happen for me mm-hmm. anxiety is always what if the bad things happen for me which yeah. is which is it's it's sad because our mind always goes straight to the bad I always and again why i don't because i think we want to always prepare for failure we always we want to shield ourselves so survival mechanism yeah exactly actually exactly so if we are prepared for the worst we know that, okay, well, um, if the best thing happens for me, at least I know that the worst thing, I'm, re- I'm ready for the worst thing to, ha- to happen for me. Mm-hmm. We're looking for the negative. And again, it happened to me, it happened for me so long. And that's what, maybe why I hadn't in the past spoken to people so much or hadn't felt so comfortable until the day I said, you know what, I've got to break this. So now, instead of getting worried that the worst things are going to happen or something bad is going to happen, I think something good could happen too. Don't do this. Don't do something crazy. And because the worst thing could happen. You got, yeah, it's true. The worst thing could happen, but the best thing could also happen. In order to keep abreast of the crazy waves and, and this, uh, you know, this life's uncertainties. Exactly. You know, in order to stay abreast, keep surfing or keep on this in your, in your yard and not sink, keeping positive thoughts making sure that God is always in my thought, make sure that again, using the words, the may the blessings be for everything I do, whether it's as I leave the house, as I'm driving, as may the blessings be, may the best things happen in my life. God, in the next few years, I like to um, change roles and look into management and blah, 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 and go and so on and so forth. But if that doesn't happen for me, may the blessings be. 
when I was 21, I was like, by 30, I want to be a millionaire. I want to be able to save a million dollars and yep. have a Bentley. And, <laughs> and people, and like, oh, but, but I knew that if that never happened for me, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very okay with that. So in order to have a, another goal, this million dollar thing is very realistic. You have a lot of people that are doing phenomenally better than a million dollars by 30. Those are people that are doing worse. But in order for me to to keep some sort of realism within that plan is to also do the right things at the right time. So in my current, at the time, at least in the present, I'd, all right, let me see, let me go to school. What am I doing in school? Let me apply to something in school. And if I, I did uh, geography, you mm-hmm. know, doing social sciences, geographic analysis. And then I did my master's. Okay. I want to start a business. I want to be a consultant. All right. Let me. I created a business. Oh, okay. Consultants make do this is money. Let me do this. Okay. And then I apply for a job somewhere. All right. Got the job and just doing the right things that will get me into places that allow me to still be happy within my own reality. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's, there's one thing about, Oh, let me put a vision board up with crazy, like, I don't, I don't want to use the word crazy. I don't want to say anybody's dreams are crazy. Like extravagant or very extravagant. Dreams. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, by in five years, I have this jet and, you know, um, I'll do this and I'll do that, I'll do this. But also not doing the right things in this, in this moment, you know, for that jet. Okay. I've got to be able to, let me see, open my mind. I've got to do this. I got to do that. Not doing the right things at this time doesn't allow me to create any reality. It also is like, you got to make space for it and you got to prepare for it. And then also you got to allow it to come to you. Yeah. Because I I think that way too, when I think of what I dream or what I want, I have to think about what I'm doing today right now. Well, am I creating the habits that will lead up to that? Because I can't just be like, I want $10 million and then wake up, wake up tomorrow with $10 million and then be like, all right, what do I do with this money? (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Like I have to have things in place and also your character develops in the progress, like in, in the progress of getting what you want. That's when you learn things. That's when you build, that's when you build a character who's going to be one who's ready for those blessings that you say that you want. So, and you know, I find that the things that you also want, when you get them, you don't realize that you forget that you wanted them. Right. Yeah. It's, it's honestly, let's say that person is looking for the, the big car or the big money, the big job, as things are happening, again, when things are done in a natural way, not just given. When they're given to you, it's like, okay, I've always wanted this. I was just given. Mm-hmm. But when it's natural and you go, boom, boom, and you, one, two, three, you're crossing off little check marks and you get to the spot, you go, hold on. This is what I've wanted. <laughs> okay, yeah. You know, I have, I've, I've, wow. I prayed for this. I, yeah, I pray for this. And it went this way. And you realize that not everything goes from point A to point B. You, you, by you wishing for something, you have to do something in the present to create that reality. Mm-hmm. Right? That's, that's, at least that's how I see it. Yeah. I mean, you did, you did a good job at mapping. Get it? Mapping because you're a geographer oh, and you all that. You got <laughs> that in. Punny. But yeah. So yeah, no, you have to map out your life. You have to create your reality essentially. So yeah. Thank you yeah. for sharing your story and your religion. I'm sure, you know, when you first told me about it, I had never heard of it before. So I'm sure you put new people onto it as well. Cause yeah. yeah. 
I told about this years ago as well. And I'm um, someone that never really doesn't like to talk much about like too many personal things. You know, religion, spiritual practice, politics is very personal to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. For me, religion is, you know, personal. Um, but no, hey, thank you for having me. I'm really I'm glad I was a guest on your podcast. Huge this booming. A full circle moment. Right. I did one. You're doing one. Woo. Yeah. You know what? You. Because since I stopped, I want to redo my, I had a co-host for people that don't know, Quarter Life Crisis. I had on YouTube, I had videos. I had a co-host and I, I like doing things in tandem with other people. And I felt that my co-host wasn't as hungry as I was. And again, I sound like a conversationalist, but I also don't like just talking randomly. Like I don't, I don't know how to just talk because I'll, I'll get a bit self-conscious that like, oh, I'm talking too much. I get, I hear that a lot. Oh, you're talking too much. Stop talking too much. Maybe it's for my mom. <laughs> my mom hates me. <laughs> I don't know. When I have my solo episodes, it's like, these are just like free flowing thoughts, like things that I think of. And then I just yeah. say it and then it's done. But I, my, again, my episodes aren't like two hours anyways, but you know what I mean? Like it, it just yeah. also is a good feeling. So wait, um, is it going to continue? Is the quarter life podcast going to continue? No, it's definitely going to yeah. continue. It's not dead. Okay. It's not dead. We're on a hiatus. You know, okay. it's not dead. Uh, and because of where I was, I was shooting and filming it before in the condo I had. And now moving out of that, my uh, co-hosts also like trying to find times together to really book time. I mean, yes, we can do video as well uh, through Zoom. Exactly. Yeah, it's not a problem. You know what? Maybe I've just been lazy. Maybe I've... Listen, no excuses. I don't know why you're trying no. to tell me, talk me no, out of here, you know. Oh, man. No, it's I haven't of... been. Listen. I, I've been doing other, I had other things planned as well. I, I like to do multiple things at the same time. Same. Yeah. With my business as well, the consulting, OP Spatial Consulting, you know, just, mm-hmm. just drop doing it. all that. Yeah. Just... <laughs> Little plug. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, um, yeah, again, thank you. This was so much fun. This was like a trip down memory lane. My, re- my listeners get to know how, how awkward I was in high school, but that's fine. That's okay. That's okay. They'll up. love you more for that. I glowed up. Uh, yeah, everybody. It, dude, I mean, I guess you have no video segment here, but yeah. Not yet. Sharice definitely glowed up. Like, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, like, she's like, Okay, I'm gonna end this in my last story for the for the podcast. Okay, but I had a birthday uh, four years ago at this really nice restaurant. Sharice, some other friends, maybe like twelve of us were there, and we all there was a fancy restaurant in Toronto, so we were looking nice. And I had a Japanese restaurant, and I had uh, Kasamoto. Yeah, I was trying to remember yeah. what I wore that night. <laughs> and I had um, friends. Two oh, girls, Beyonce. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. Two girls came out. Two of my friends from university came t- to me and whispered in my ear, like, "Yo, who's that? Who's that girl over there?" I'm like, "What? Who? Like the girl that's sitting like over there and like in the? I think you wore like a, a f- some. I don't remember what dress you wore, but you wore was it pink or was it like salmon or something or was it peach? I don't know. You wore something that was that was beautiful, and you know, in the dress, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's my friend Cherise. She's like. She, I remember exactly what I wore. Yeah, she's gorgeous. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know that. Like, like, no, 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 Galapo. I don't think you understand. Her face is gorgeous, beautiful skin, smooth. She looks just like Beyonce. I'm like, oh, so go tell her that. And these two girls, who aren't into girls, said to me, no, I can't tell her that because I am nervous around her. We That's are nervous so around it. Crazy to me. What? I know. It's weird. So nice. 
I've never, I know, I've never heard that before. It's like, <laughs> we're so nervous that, like, she looks like Beyonce. She has a beautiful smile. What are we supposed to say? Hey, we're the loveless friends. Like, how do we? No, I don't know what to do. You tell her for us. So that's when I came to you and told you. And you I still wanna, couldn't believe it. I, yeah, I want to say that it's maybe like the second time I've been told I look like Beyonce. Uh, for my listeners, you guys know what I look like. I do not look like Beyonce. But I want to say, I think they maybe made that connection because our smiles are sort of similar. Maybe. I don't know. But you know what? it's a nice compliment. You should you should teach Beyonce how to look like you. That's what oh my uh, beehive, don't come for me. Oh yeah. I'm good. She's good. <laughs> she is who she is, and I am who I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, thank you again for you know coming on my podcast and sharing stories, talking to me, chatting it up. This was great. This was fun. And um, thank you for our friendship. No problem. Appreciative. And your screen is frozen. Okay, now it's no thanks. Anyways, until next time, guys. (laughs)